On this episode of the Post House Podcast, we talk with our senior producer and motion graphics designer, Joe Segan. This Chicago native loves white socks on the field and goofy socks on his feet. He also has pretty rad taste in music. Welcome to another episode of the Post House Podcast. Today we're yeah, here it's with, finally getting good. Yeah, we're here with Joe Segan, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Mm. Yes. Some some of those things. Some of those, all those things. Come on, man. <laughs> all right, so Joe, uh, you are our senior producer here at Post House and a motion graphics guru. Been sort of around the planet uh, producing things for years now. Yeah. Uh, why don't you give me a little little background here so i i ran into you as an intern which is a really cool thing because uh that's what we should talk about i was i don't know early 20s and uh worked at uh a tv station ish <laughs> worked at a tv station and uh went over to a production house for an internship and yeah. met joe segan who uh helped me uh helped start my way in the motion graphics world yeah and now here we I are i should have derailed you well, here we said, get working. out of the business while you can. I think you did say that. <laughs> Probably did. Um, but yeah, here we are. Now we get to work together and uh, no, have, it's some, awesome. have some fun. So. I mean, it's funny how, it's funny how um, uh, you know, relationships and stuff like that evolve over the time. And, and uh, the business is so small right. that you really – you really do have to be friends or friendly at least with everybody because you never know who you're going to run into right. again. For sure. Uh, you know, who would have predicted that, you know, the dude that was the intern one day was going to be running the show at, <laughs> you know, 15 years down the road or whatever it's been. And I mean, I think that speaks a little bit to like, uh, you know, having relations both with, you know, people you work with and, right. and with clients and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it just behooves you to, um, you know, try not to burn any bridges and, well, of course. and, and, uh, and be good to those people around you. Cause you just never know how it's going to work out. And like I said, there's so few people that really, uh, work and do what we do. You realize that you're going to cross paths a lot, right. you know? Yeah, I mean that's you know the one of the big things that, you know, uh, you know that kind of the the foundation of Post House is those relationships and, uh, you know, the, the big thing for me is like those relationships are super fulfilling and you know they run deep and you know yeah yeah there are business transactions along the way but a lot of the times you know you you kind of want to work with your friends in a way yeah um you know because you can have a good time you can share war stories yeah you know you can talk about something 15 years you know from now and 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 really have those moments so i mean give me a little bit of those like you know over the years you've walked you know you've worked with some people obviously like you know we talked about our relationship but um you know walk me down the like how important those relationships are with you know it's, it is kind of, you know, who you know in a way, right? It's, I think it's all who you know. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've gotten a a job in the media business in any way, shape, or form without at least having some uh, prior connection. Uh, you know, it's, and, and, and it's not necessarily a definition of skills or experience even. It's, it's about, you know, who fits in in the right situation and, right. Uh, you know, the right people in the right role and that kind of thing. And everywhere I've been, it's, it's been that, like, you, you want to find the right people. You want to, you want to work with the right people. Um, 
a lot of people can do what we do. That's, you know, there's people right. all over the place that can shoot video and edit and do motion graphics and those types of things. Yeah, there's but, guys around there can render circles around us, but you know, it's, it's, it's but you got to have the right people. Exactly. Right people, right and, experience. Yeah. And that, you know, that matters. It goes a long way. So, uh, I've definitely seen that, uh, throughout my career. Um, and I've, I've worked for production companies and for agencies and, uh, TV station and, uh, you know, kind of all of those forms, it all boils down to having the right chemistry mm-hmm. in, in those relationships um, with the people you work with and, and also with clients. I mean, to try to, you know, have a good working partnership with somebody, uh, it means you have to be honest and transparent. You have to, uh, you have to be a good listener and, and take in what they tell you, but also, not be afraid to tell somebody if that's not right, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, those are kind of like the best type of relationships, the ones yeah. that are, are super open. Um, and you, you don't get those necessarily in the first project, you know, you yeah. got to build that trust over time. And, you know, for, for me, and I, and I think we fall on the same line that those, those relationships where you can have that open dialogue, uh, those are the most fulfilling ones, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, for for both client and you know company i think it's it's uh you you can't give somebody um a good product if you don't really understand what what they need uh and if you don't really understand where they're coming from um you can make something beautiful but if it doesn't fit their right. audience it doesn't right. fit what they need uh it's you know, that's a, it's a nice piece for the real, but it's not, it's not a, not a good piece for the client, you know, and that, that's, that's the tough part is, is to be able to elevate stuff that, uh, you know, work that may not be glamorous, may not inherently be beautiful or exciting, right. uh, to try to take something like that and make it better. Uh, I think that's what helps build those relationships with clients. And like you said, it t- sometimes it takes few, few tries, right. you know, and you, you may even have to have a few clunkers along the way uh, to build that up because um, that's how you learn. And, and that's a two way street too. That's how the clients learn about, well, if I'm going to work with post house or somebody like that, you know, what does that take? What do I need to tell them about what I'm trying to say who I'm trying to communicate with, right. uh, you know, how I want to inspire them or, you know, uh, uh, make something that's eye catching or emotional or whatever. So I, you know, those relationships are, are tough to build, but once they start, uh, they're like glue, you know, right. yeah, that, exactly. then, then, then there's a trust that goes back and forth and everybody gets better. Uh, the communication, the two-way communication gets better and better uh, to where you can almost anticipate, you know, what somebody's going to ask for uh, and they can anticipate how long that's going to take or, you know, what they can might be some involved. expectations along yeah, the way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, that's good. And I think that's obviously what we've we've been trying for is is to build those types of relationships wherever we can. Yeah. When you go back in a little bit on the like that communication side, you know, 
now, you know, nowadays, like we send proofs via email. There's not a whole lot of client like coming into the studio right. and sitting down, uh, although we're like facilitated for that, you know, when we're set up that way. Uh, they just don't I mean people are busy or they're on the go. You can watch it on your phone. You can comment. You can make you make all those, you know, communication styles and everything you want to do. You yeah. can do like all from your phone. Right. It's crazy. And the a lot of times we get you get an email or whatever. And then you look in this and you read the email and you go, you know, I actually got to use this phone to talk on it. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and having that relationship to know you can pick up the phone and call the client and. And just say, hey, what are you really talking about here? Because we're, we're a little bit confused. And y- nowadays, you've got to have that kind of relationship. Because if you get that phone call, like, or if they, like, oh, why are they calling? Or why are we calling them? Uh, it's never, it's not a bad thing. And, you know, like, it, it was perceived at one time maybe as a bad thing. Yeah. And now it's like, well, they're calling because we want some clarification. Totally. And I think that that, that, that goes a long way in the relationships as well. Um, you know, on the fulfillment side, like, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, projects that don't seem so glamorous. How do you reach into a project to find some, get some creative fulfillment out of a project? Uh, you know, I think everyone is unique. So I don't think there's a, you know, if there was a specific medicine you could take that could make, you know, a potentially boring subject more exciting. I think, you know, I would bottle that and retire there there isn't it's like you have to you have to kind of try to look at it from your client's perspective and say well what's what's going to make the difference to them or or at least from the audience's perspective what are they going to look at and and say wow this is this is like way better than we anticipated or it's way better than whatever they did last year or it's uh you know i think trying to exceed expectations on those levels is what's becomes the challenge right um sometimes that's a creative type issue design type issue those types of things but more often i think the the creative part of it is like how do you turn this puzzle around so that it makes the most sense right and and that's you know i think that's fulfilling when you get one of those that works uh sometimes you even surprise yourself you know, you think, oh, this, this project kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's boring. It's, you know, there's nothing nothing to sink your teeth into creatively, blah, blah, blah. And you try a few things, and the next thing you know, you're like, well, uh, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. Right. You know, it's, it's polishing a turd. <laughs> <laughs> but but sometimes that turd comes out real shiny. <laughs> right. And, and sometimes it's our, it's our best work because I feel like a lot of times we have to challenge ourselves in that subject matter. That could be, you could go very formulaic, right? You could go a straight, like, here's the subject matter. Let's get some experts. Let's have them talk about it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's cover it with relevant B-roll and, you know, wrap that up and, and be done. And a lot of times, you know, the clients will want that. Uh, and we always know that 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 is an option. But I, I think one of the the cool things and the the breath of uh, fresh air that you brought to the company is we had some subject matter pieces uh, that could have been very very dry, very straightforward, and the client would have absolutely loved that. But you came in and you and you took those projects and you looked at them through a different lens, yeah. And you kind of flipped them on its head, and we got to do some really cool things. I'm gonna, tell me a little bit about some of those projects that you got to work on this year that or last year that, you know, you really found were those creative nuggets? Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of the projects ha- have been 
that way, I think. And uh, it's nice and refreshing to uh, be in a place where thinking outside the box on those things is not only encouraged and welcome, but almost necessary. Right. Uh, um, because, yeah, like you said, it's it'd be easy to press the buttons, do the normal thing that we always do, we've done for years. You know, a simple uh, edit in some cases is is enough to check the boxes for the client, right? It'd be done. It wouldn't be good, but it'd be done. Right. Might look, it would look real be, nice. Yeah, <laughs> they might be satisfied and it might be okay, but like to, to try to elevate that stuff and make it better. Right. Um, you know, it... <laughs> Every project's a little different. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's a it's a a big budget, but doesn't have a whole lot of meat, and and you know we're we're struggling more to sort of generate those ideas and and come up with content. And in other cases, it's a super small budget, uh, but great opportunity or or super exciting chance to try something different. And you know. Um, I think it's all just about how you look at them and trying to make the most of each one. Uh, there are some that can almost do themselves. If it's right. a super cool project and awesome stuff, and you know you're you know you've got the money to do everything you want to do and all that. I mean, everywhere you point the camera, something's beautiful. Yeah, it, you know, it's, that's. I I won't say that's easy, but it's uh, in the wheelhouse. Sure. And, you know, some of the other ones, yeah, you try to take something that's a little less exciting, make it better. Uh, it can be a challenge, but I think for the most part, that's that's the fun of it, too. Helps when you have a client that's willing to take those chances. Right. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, and that could, that's, that's both ways because, you know, you could pitch some crazy idea and then they look at you like you got three heads, yeah. right? And then Been they're there. like, oh, whoa, well, you don't get this at all. <laughs> you don't get our brand at all. I'm like, oh, no, we have these two other options that are like totally brand specific, but right. we wanted to challenge you on this. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we might even go down that road, right? And we might even go shoot something. And then, like, it's, it looks great on paper, storyboarded out perfectly, right. executed, edited, put in front of the client and go, oh, that's exactly like you said it was going to be. I thought it was going to be different. Yeah. And you're just like, how, how does that how where did we misstep? And it was never a misstep on, on the paper side of it. I think it was the, I didn't really think you guys would do exactly what you said you were going to do. Yeah. I've, and and that, I think we've had those before where this looks just like the storyboard. Yeah. That's <laughs> typically why we would do a storyboard. Right, that's, that's, wasn't that why you asked for it to get right. the sign off? And, uh, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, we are, um, we are tasked with, helping solve some creative issues for, mm -hmm. for a client. And they may not even know what it is. And then that's, you know, they dump a hard drive on your desk and go, yeah, we can figure this out. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that is some of the most fulfilling things is where you don't know what you're going to make. And then the next thing you know, you just start throwing stuff at the wall and it's like, well, Hey, here's a, here's an idea. This yeah. works. Uh, or you take an old idea that like maybe kind of had some, you know, life to it with another project sure. and they were really into it and you can bring some of those assets into this new project, right? I think everybody has a bag of tricks uh, that you go to on a regular basis, um, be it concepts that you know it are good, but right. you're trying to find the right fit for it uh, or, you know, something is 
technical as like a certain effect you might put on something or or a you know a, a, a lighting gag in, in when you're shooting or or a lens you want to use whatever uh you know i think those are those are like the tools in our toolbox that we kind of keep going back to but like conceptually um yeah i mean trying to elevate those things is is uh it's a, it's a process right. you know there's a there's a there has to be some experimentation sometimes uh some of the it, some of the stuff you're going to make is not going to be good <laughs> right and it's okay to have those as, as long as you can kind of take a step back look at it and go well that's that's maybe not the best thing for this application or maybe that's not the best execution of what we're trying to do here we need to try something different um that experimentation is really key in finding a way to elevate those projects right so you know we have a, a kind of an internal saying that you know we need sometimes we need the, the client a jumping off point for the client so it's like let's make something and then maybe they can say no to it right like right. and it, that's probably maybe not the best like positive outlook on it but if they see something then they can you know kind of narrow down like okay i like this yeah. but uh, i'm not really happy with this but you know if you sometimes if you wait too long you're just like man we we just kind of got it moving on this project. Got to start rolling the snowball down the hill so we can see what happens. You know, I do think it's our responsibility to um, communicate and help a client visualize what this project's going to be um, as best we can. Sometimes, and it's, again, it depends on that relationship, depends on the client. Sometimes it can just be words. You know, it could be a phone call. Uh, other times, yeah, it's full on storyboard or animatic or something that, you know, much more talks about the tone and pace of a cut or something like that, that, um, and certain clients need more than others. I mean, some people I think can visualize and, 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 and understand right off the bat where we want to go. Other people need a little more explaining, a little more handholding. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Uh, that's, that's part of what we do and right. we need, you know, it's, we need to be able to sell it, uh, to communicate it. Cause if, if we can't get our partner to understand it, there's the a good audience, chance yeah, the their audience may not get it either. Uh, and we, you know, we've talked about that in the past too. Sometimes we, you know, you have to make something for an audience that you don't really understand. It can be a super technical or specific thing that, it, uh, you know, the general public would look at and be completely confused and out of their element. Right. But for this particular group, whatever it is, uh, they get it. They're bringing their own knowledge to it. They understand these things. And so, you know, knowing your audience right. and, and those types of things are just key to making all these things work. Right. Uh, and I think we do a pretty good job of going through the process of finding those things out and exploring uh, options and uh, you know, like you said, I mean, give them something to say no to, but maybe give them something that they go, wow, I, I never thought of this. Right. I never visualized annuities like this. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's I love visual annuities. Right? It's my I mean, favorite. How, how, how do you do that? Um, so a couple of little fun, uh, things about Joe, right? Oh, so, so much uh, fun. you are a very talented musician. You have played in multiple bands. I think that was one of the, the cool things we talked about in the uh, early uh, 2000s about some punk, uh, oh, yeah. pop punk. 
Uh, so we shared some of the the same bands and stuff we like. So tell me a little bit about your uh, your music background. Like, what's your taste in your genres here? Uh, it's pretty all over the place. But I uh, I've played in bands since I think I was about fifteen. Um, started playing with some friends in high school. I'm still friends with those guys uh, in Chicago, and we uh, still jam every once in a while. I think we're probably due for a reunion show here in the next five years, something like that. Uh, and uh, I've had I had a band uh, here in Columbus called Hot Pink Racers, and we um, we dedicated all of our music and any of the proceeds from the band and that kind of stuff to breast cancer awareness and breast cancer charities and those types of things. Uh, it was all original music and sort of pop punk and all over the place. Uh, I mean, my influences are pretty vast. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can walk by your office any any day and hear, uh, you know, some Black Sabbath coming out of there and some Green Day Blink and then, you know, Tool. <laughs> I mean, it's, I pretty, mean, it's pretty, pretty, you know. I listen to all kinds of stuff. My All my siblings are much, much older than me. Uh, and I like to remind them of that. And they... Uh, I mean, they grew up in music the, or what? Not, I mean, like. not quite, not quite that old. They, um, but they grew up in the '60s, and like when I was a kid, uh, you know, I was pulling out Beatles records and Stones and The Doors and stuff like that. So, like, that's that's the kind of stuff that I grew up with, um, and got more into the popular stuff like later, I think, than a lot of people did. Um, I was listening to stuff that was 20 years old, you right. know? Um, Your classic rock preset, pretty much. Yeah, as, but I feel like it was a good uh, musical sort of education. And oh, for sure. I mean, any anytime you listen, you know, you can pull from the Beatles. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, the biggest influencer in I, the, They're in the, the foundation for anything I listen to, I think, really, you know. Uh, and even though I, you know, I love metal, I love... Uh, all kinds of rock. People are surprised. I'll listen to classical sometimes, or I, uh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite albums of all time. I remember saving up my um, my newspaper route money when I was a kid to go buy Purple Rain, which nice. is totally like not in the same genre as all the other stuff. But like, uh, I still love that record. Like from beginning to end, I'm not even a crazy huge Prince fan necessarily. I mean, I like his other stuff, but that record in particular is like, it's perfect from beginning to end. It's just so it great. Mean, it means something to you because, you know, you... I mean, yeah, I remember it. It was a tight in time. Yeah, exactly. You, that was, you know, some effort to, you know, save up your money to get some vinyl, yeah, right? buy I mean, vinyl um, for like $9 or whatever. Right. But you were getting paid 50 cents in your paper route. So that's, you know, let, let, let's uh, let's make sure we set the, the stage yeah. there. Um, so... All right, a couple of rapid fire questions then. Uh, Blink or Green Day? Green Day. Uh, Coors or uh, Miller? Ooh, that's tough. Probably Coors. Coors. Yeah, you got some background out, out there, like right? Oh, a little. Uh, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee's best? Huh? No, <laughs> no. no. Uh, in college, for sure. Yeah. Uh, how, okay, this is an easy one though. Uh, Cubs or Sox? Dude. 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 <laughs> Dude. Um, all right, so I'm like, Star Wars or, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars? Yeah, only Star Wars. Right. No, I mean, that's another thing. Uh, I, I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, Joe's a big Star Wars fan. And, I mean, we got 
Star Wars stuff all over. Yeah. I mean, your office and my office are pretty much, you know, Star Wars like merch centers and yeah, right. you know history museums. But um, you know, I, I think that you know, adding having that uh, that personal side, um, especially like the the music side, really helps uh, in in our field. I mean, you know, you're traditionally a better editor if you understand music. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we have enough people here to have a band that are musically yeah, inclined. Uh, I mean, I know Kirk, he he's plays Next the round drums. of podcasts will be the Post House Band debut. And we'll have Scott sing, you jam. and yeah, Perfect. I mean, we could, you know, be like, kind of like the, you know, you could be like the Beatles, right? <laughs> Just like them. Just like the Beatles. <laughs> Just like them. Uh, I, I, I would not be uh, super comfortable playing my uh, my rhythm guitar for you guys. Why not? But I've heard you play pretty good. Everybody tries to hide it. What's that? To hide their talent? Yeah. Like yeah. Tony plays guitar. I didn't even know he played guitar until like two weeks ago. Oh, or really? Something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, see, he doesn't ever talk like that. I mean, it's t- Tony's Tony's very mysterious. Yeah. He likes his Halloween and his dark <laughs> coffee. Yeah. And his dark hoodies and kind of hides in his cave. and Pretty much. But uh, super creative guy, though. Um, moving on to some other little fulfillment things. Uh, on the personal side, like... Obviously, you know, we, we talked about relationships and we talked about like creative fulfillment and professional fulfillment. Obviously, we get paid. But what is like personally for you, like what do you find fulfilling about this industry and what do you find fulfilling uh, about the work that you get paid to do? Um, you know, again, I think it varies from project to project. Uh, I mean, sometimes you, you can get the most satisfaction out of a project that you'd never put on a reel. It's not visually stunning. It's not necessarily uh, something that, you know, you, you run home to show mom and dad or something like that. It's like, uh, but you knew the effort that went into it. You you had a good time doing it. The client was fun to work with. There's a million things that can be good about that uh, and that, that I think are fulfilling. Um, and... The, like I said, I think the ones that you you know are super awesome, that are visually stunning and beautiful, and that you want to put on a reel and you want to show off, well, that's that's sort of a given in and of itself. I think that's the artistic side of it that right. says, you know, this this is me sort of like the, you know I put my heart and soul into this thing, and I think it's beautiful, and you know that's a different sort of fulfillment, but. Like those pieces could be really hard to make. <laughs> they could be really problematic and things could go terribly awry. But at the end of the day, you have this beautiful piece, right? you know? So yeah, like, no, for sure. Uh, you, I, it's both. I think you have to have the, uh, you have to have both of those things to feel uh, fulfilled all around. Because um, some projects aren't going to be beautiful when they're done just by nature. I mean, no matter how much you try, sometimes they work, they do what they're supposed to do, but it's, it's not, you know, earth shattering. Um, but hopefully the process was good and healthy and, uh, that, you know, you enjoyed making it come to life. And then, like I said, on the flip side is, is yeah, if it's beautiful, uh, it speaks for itself. And, uh, you kind of forget about the process. Uh, hopefully it was good too. Yep. You know, in a perfect world, both the process and the product end up being awesome. 
it's not always that way frequently. No, I mean, with the volume of projects that you do, I mean, you're going to have ones that, you know, there's always going to be a, a bump in the road and it's never going to be exactly how you pictured it in no. your head from the beginning. But if at the, at, at the end of the day, you can look back on it and you know, you got your thumbprint on it and you know, you poured some of your personality into it. Yeah. And those are the ones that, you know, like you said, are, that, that you would love to put on your reel. Now we have the, um, uh, misfortune sometimes of a lot of things that we do we can't really show publicly uh and we can show in a, in a private setting but we can't put out to right. the world on the reel and then you and i had a conversation the other day about reels and what's real worthy and uh maybe some a little bit of an education to uh you know people who are coming up in the business like what do we look for in reels because we talk about our motion reel can be you know it's just out of context, a lot of cool stuff. It's your best, you know, it's your best eight to 10 frames or whatever sometimes yeah. for, um, for your motion reel. But like, how does an editor, like how does an editor show that they can edit? Because I mean, at, at the end of the day, you're just cutting to a beat. Right. And is that your footage? Like, what'd you do on this? Like, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's a little bit different for like multifaceted, uh, you know, talent where they, you know, they're editors and motion guys. And also, yeah. um, you know, photographers and you know talk me through a little bit of like what like what do we look for i mean because i know what i look for especially in the motion you know in the motion world because i'm a motion designer yeah uh, by heart but i'm also an editor <laughs> and also yeah. a photographer so like there's i look for different things and when they submit those reels like what help help explain what we're looking at right yeah that i mean that was a valid point about specifically like people send edit reels and it's like i don't I don't know how to look at an editor's compilation reel as uh, a, a sort of an, a proof of your craft. I mean, like, so, and I, I've seen more editors doing this, and I think it's the only way you can do it. If if you're really into editorial and, like, color and finishing and all that kind of stuff, I kind of need to see the whole piece. Right. Uh, and, and a selection of whole pieces. Or cut downs of whole pieces, I suppose. But like showing me a mashup of that is almost irrelevant. I'm I start looking at what the DP did, <laughs> which that person may have not even been part of the production. Uh, so, uh, and and you know, motion graphics is a little different because you can grab a frame of motion graphics and and the design by itself uh, is awesome, um, but. You know, can you sustain that over a minute? You know, can you sustain that level of complexity and 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 design <laughs> over a minute? Uh, if you know the good ones can, then right. and if and so, I guess it's showing more of your work in context. Reels can be a little misleading, and they're hard to do because <laughs> because of that exact reason. Like, what are you really showing off? Are you uh, if you're a MoGraph person? There's you know, you could take three good projects, mash them up into a minute, and yeah, it looks awesome, but everything else is garbage, you know, potentially. I mean, uh, it's tough, too, because I've had to make those reels. You, you have to be able to show your work, and you have to show it quickly, you know. Um, and you have to show the breadth of your work, too, because, I mean, you don't want to be, you know, stuck in one style, or maybe you only exactly. work on one type of... Maybe you're at a, a production house where you're just tasked with you are handling just this type. Yeah. Of, you're, you're handling medical or you're handling automotive and 
For sure. And then now your whole reel is just that. So you have to really kind of jump into some experimentation things. Yeah. Uh, you know, the worst thing to do is like see a reel where like it's a it's an Andrew Kramer tutorial. Like, come on. <laughs> like you know, like I, I've but seen we've been those, there, for you know, sure. like because when you're struggling, to, when you're struggling and starting out, like that's what you have. That's yeah. what's relevant. Uh, that's what you know. And those are the assets that are available. But now, I mean, for, you know, twenty dollars a month, you can go pull down like a million different you know, assets. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much of that stuff. I think getting back to some of that stuff and when it comes to like being a freelancer or job search or or even a company showing off what it can do, it's it comes back to those relationships again. And that's part of the reason you have to know people is because if I already kind of know you and I know what you do and I I know your style or 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 whatever and and you show me a reel or you show me a finished piece. I'm a little more inclined to actually sit and watch it yeah. rather than a cold resume or email that comes out of nowhere that's like, well, here's my 55 pieces I've done and edited. And, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm maybe I'll look at one. Maybe I won't. I mean, but I'm sure not looking at all of them. And uh, and it's tough. That's 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 the tough nut to crack and why you need those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, you know, for somebody that's just starting out, I think, yeah, go ahead and do those tutorials. Like, you have to. That's, I mean, that's, that's okay. You, that's, that's how you, how you build your reel. Yeah. I think that's okay. Uh, just acknowledge that that's, yeah. that's what it is. Well, people in the industry are going to know. Sure. I mean, if you're, if you're in tune to what's going on yeah. uh, aesthetically in the motion design world, like, you're going to know where that, you know, influence came yeah, from. Yeah, you're going to see some similar things and go, oh, yeah. I know where that came from. Right. And, and, and like I said, that's okay because really the, the best part of the creative process is taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from here, mixing it all up. And then I was going to say new. that's as, as a, as a MoGraph guy and also a producer, that's one of the things I actually struggle with a lot is at what point does it not make sense for me to actually make something by hand versus downloading a template right that's already made uh like there's a balance there somewhere like okay i it needs to be really custom and specific so i need to do more of it myself versus we don't have a lot of budget we don't have a lot of time i need something really fast i can download this thing or buy something pull it apart make it make it yours buy a couple elements and and it's done and it's like i hate to do that because I want to make the motion graphics, but I mean, I think if you make them, that's, that's what you, you want to do them all. But as a producer, I also realize I'm like, well, there's, there's some efficiency and not Absolutely. building everything from scratch. Uh, so, Especially when it comes to like 3d modeling and models, like, you know, if you can get a good yeah. jump off, you know, point and it's, well, that's why there's turbo squids yeah. and, and Vado elements and all these other things that, yeah, I mean, you got to, you have to maximize the time. Uh, we'd never get anything done if we had to build everything from scratch and, you know, put every little pixel in its place. Uh, you've you got to find a balance between all those. So I think, you know, somebody just starting out that, that uses that same approach, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they, it, it they, they've got to process Because they, they actually yeah. know, like, they might understand, like, like, oh, I can just download a template. Like, well, have you really downloaded a template 
and then looked at like the guts of a template. Right. Like, you know, you that's, have that's you, an art in and of itself. Yeah, you sometimes. got designers from all over the world who don't use your workflow, who don't like set up projects the same way. That comps are buried in comps and buried in comps, yeah. and then you're like, where is this layer? Then you find it, and then you realize like, oh, like this, I can't change. I just spent three hours. I could have just made this. That's the that's the toughest thing. You download a template, you think you're saving time, and then you have to pull that whole thing apart because it's so like overproduced to make it look cool that you want to buy it or download it. Uh, that you get into it and it's like, man, all I really all I really wanted was this little grungy texture animation out of this, and right. like I'm digging for it. I mean, again, it's it's a balance between what you want to make from scratch and and. Uh, what's efficient for your timeline. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's good and bad with both and you can be, you can customize a piece. You can take a template, customize it so much that you never recognize it as a template. Um, uh, It's a kernel of an idea. If it still saves you time and, and effort, uh, you know, or you downloaded that 3d model or whatever, great you know whatever works that's why that stuff's there and um it's amazing to me i've put models out that i've made on turbo squid and those types of things and every once in a while i get a little two dollar check for this or something ridiculous uh your royalties on your i mean and they were just leftover pieces from something i did in the super basic like like, I don't even know why you would download this. You could probably make it faster than it would take you to complete the sale on Turbo Squid, but people buy them and okay. Uh, you know, it, and it depends on the forte. Some, some, you know, motion graphics is a pretty wide field now too. You know, you get people that are more 3D oriented, uh, whether they're, or they're doing characters. Or gaming or whatever. I mean, design. gaming is a huge part yeah. of it now. And, and. And now it's a, you know, the 2D character look and the cartoon sort of flat vector thing is huge, very prevalent. There's a million tools out there to do those types of things. Um, it's almost to the point where there's too many tools and it's like hard to figure out which which one should I use to do this kind of thing. They're all really relatively inexpensive too. So like oh, you yeah. can you can have a toolkit and, you know, at, or, you know, within a few hours of research, you can find a a product that's going to help you with the design or the, the yeah. look or the animation that you're going to go for. And I think that's, you know, that's awesome, but it still takes like that special person to kind of glue it all together. Right. Yeah. You have, I mean, hopefully you're thinking about the big picture and right. you realize, yeah, you know, I spend this 40 bucks here to buy this rig or script or plug in or whatever. That's going to save me 20 hours worth of work. That's totally worth it. You know, you have to look at those things and weigh it against your art. Like, is it really worth doing all that from scratch if you can save the time? Probably not. Right. Uh, unless it's a personal project and you just want to learn how to do things. I well, mean, great, yeah, so, tear them apart. But, you know, and we're, we're not in a market like, you know, L.A. or, you know, London or New York where uh, you have just someone who sits in the room and just does shading or sits right. in the room and just does, you know, character animation and then you got another lighting department you got to be like you got to be versatile and you have to be smart with your time because you know at the end of the day you're responsible to the client's budget and their timeline and to your point spending 20 hours on this that it's cool and it's functional 
the clip it, it does it help tell the story does it end up sure you know serving the purpose of what the project is and that's you know making a whole piece so you can't like eat up 60 hours of your budget on something that you know may or may not make sense to the client so yeah and, and you know making those educated decisions and uh i think that comes with the experience you have to you have to go down that road of man this took me like i thought it was gonna take six hours and it took 12 yeah sure you have to go down that road and either learn from it and go okay now i can save three or four hours of efficiencies here because i've learned that tool yeah that, that skill set or uh buy the, buy the model because it's already pre-rigged yeah and i think that that's where um like i said experience really comes in yeah you make a good point about the market too because i think yeah if you're in la there's a lot more specialists um even you know other markets new york chicago all that kind of stuff you can be a, a modeler you know and 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 make a living uh and and never really have to light and texture and render and do all the other things that go into it let alone composite it or edit it into a scene uh we don't have that luxury right. <laughs> you know if you're gonna do a 3d thing you pretty much have to see it through from model to all the way to the finished frame in in the video and um you know honestly i think that goes along with a lot of the jobs that we do i mean everybody wears multiple hats uh be it on the production side or post side i mean i keep i've encouraged editors uh in this market and others that to just be to be more versatile like a lot of people will say well i i just edit you know, that's, that's what I do. I cut. And I'm like, well, what about all the other stuff? What about color? What about motion graphics? I mean, at least be able to do, you know, simple titles and, and basic Photoshop steps and those types of things. In this market, I don't think you can afford not to be able to do those kinds of things uh, because we need the versatility. Um, you don't, you know, we don't, production companies don't have, 50 60 people sitting around that can specialize in all those things and they just wait for the next you know graphic to come in that they're going to make and that's all they do i mean you have to do the whole project uh that's kind of how i've couched my career recently was to be able to kind of see things from concept all the way to finish uh and there are certain places where i jump in and physically do things myself and there's other places where i'm like okay i'm gonna let the experts do this stuff uh, and, or, or depending on the workflow and the timeline and all that, that kind of stuff, even things that I could do, it's like, well, I am better off on another project. We're going to hire somebody to do yep. this, that, or the yep. other thing. It's all about figuring out how the big piece comes together. So, I mean, I just think the more people know about everything, the better off. I mean, you never stop learning, right? You know, from, from the first day that we, uh, hung out and we were dabbling with After Effects or Lightwave or whatever the heck we were doing. Uh, I, you know, every I'm, I, any day of the week I could be watching a tutorial. Yeah, and, uh, I, it, and I've done it twenty plus years. I don't know everything. I sometimes I think I don't know anything, and I'm, uh, you know, even stuff you've done before that's relatively complicated. You might go, man, I, I think I know how to do this, but I'm just gonna go ahead and watch this one more time to make sure I. I understand what I'm doing. 
it's you know it's it's deep, man. There's a lot of stuff to learn, and as long as you keep educating yourself and and trying to keep up with those things, there's there's tons of work that can be done. Yeah, I never want to stop learning, and you know I've had to I've had to hang my hat up on the on the motion side of things just from efficiency standpoint. But I mean, I the principles that are still there, and I still find myself watching those tutorials sure. even though I'm not sitting in a chair. Uh, even though I I haven't opened up maybe After Effects in two or three versions, it's still I un I I like the process because then I can help articulate it as a, if I'm directing or if I'm yeah. like giving some input on, uh, you know, the creative direction. I can say, well, what about something like this? I know you can go find it. Yeah. Uh, it's out there. I've seen it. Uh, what about that sort of style? And plus, I mean, that's where a lot of this innovation comes from. You know, it's it comes from you know these leaders in the industry that go out there and experiment and make us make a something yeah make a or make a plug-in and you know like oh wow that now now i'm thinking as a producer well i know we can do that because right. there's a plug-in available and it can execute you know this many steps where it would have taken 25 hours now we can do it in two or maybe there's a, a particle it makes, system it, it makes you a better creative director if you at least understand some of the process like that i mean uh I've handed things off before to other motion graphics people and, you know, when, and I've had things handed to me from motion graphics people and you can tell when somebody set it up the right way. For someone else to work on it. Yeah. That <laughs> like, if I was going to have to do this, here's how I would kind of go about it. And when you get one of those or you give one of those off, hopefully the reaction is, oh, great. I totally get it. I see where you're going. Like, yeah, you know, between things being organized in the comps to, to just uh, setting up scenes and and those types of things, like um, that helps a ton. Versus, say, you know, a designer can go out and draw frames. Uh, and I'm going to steal a line from a friend of mine that I thought was great. Like a a print designer might make five or six designs in a day, depending on what they're working on, and we have to make thirty a second. So yeah. it's how that design evolves over time that matters and how you're going to set that up and how you're planning to get from point A to point B. Uh, you know, all those things matter and, and uh, it's, it's its own thing. I mean, you have, to, you have to have that experience and you have to keep learning yourself because there's always new ways to do it. So, so kind of uh, to, to wrap up the, uh, the talk here uh, – you know, it's a new year, it's 2019. What excites you about what's coming down the, the, the pipe here? Uh, well, we have a couple. I mean, we have a new partnership that's super awesome mm -hmm. with the Blue Jackets. Can we say that? Do I have to say proud sponsors? We are of the proud, Columbus, partner. proud partner. Proud, proud partner yeah. of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. So that's exciting. I mean, getting to do stuff with them has been a ton of fun for me. So I, uh, I, I dabbled a little bit with it when I was freelancing, but... Um, You're in it now. Yeah, we're in it now. <laughs> but it's fun. It's a blast. And uh, they're awesome to work with. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see that work go out and be seen so much. Obviously, it's super high visibility work and that kind of stuff. So it's fun. Uh, and other stuff that, that isn't super high visibility that's more specific. I mean, we have other clients that uh, we know we're gearing up for more projects this year that, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, uh, thinking outside the box and trying to do different things for them, I think is, is part of the excitement of, you know, we don't 
we don't know where we're going with it exactly yet, but it's going to be fun to find out. Uh, we've gotten to do some great experimentation and stuff over the last year, so I think more of that uh, is good. It educates our whole team and um, you know just makes us better at what we do. So I think there's a lot of good stuff coming, and it's going to be fun. All right. Well, cool, man. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure. This was fun. Right. Was it? It was. <laughs>